Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, before we started our episode this week at the Paracast with me and Tim featuring Brian Young, we thought we'd talk about Albert Bender and the Men in Black. And so, in connection with that, I brought up the lyrics. For the Men in Black song from the movie. And I came upon this one. This is the chorus. Here come the Men in Black. I'm not going to do the harmonies. The Galaxy Defenders. Here come the Men in Black. They won't let you remember. Because they use neuralizers, folks. But you see, Superman had it over them. When Superman kissed Lois Lane towards the end of Superman 2, Lois Lane forgot everything. That's a power. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how he did that because that wasn't canon to the comic books. Yeah, and the thing about it also is originally, this is where we get things to happen. The other scene that we talked about, the time travel scene at the end of the first movie, this is where Lois Lane is killed in this earthquake created by Lex Luthor, and Superman goes to spin around the earth faster and faster and faster until he goes back in time but they never explain how that's done but originally the scene where he saves Lois Lane by going back in time was supposed to be part of Superman 2 it was a pretty messy schedule first they had Richard Donner do the first film then he did the second film and then they got into creative difficulties so they hired Richard Lester now Richard Lester was listed as director of Superman 2 And his previous film that we all know about is Hard Day's Night, the Beatles film. So you take somebody who did a Beatles musical film and make him direct a Superman film. Explain that to me, somebody. I can explain it. If you can direct the super band, you can direct the Superman. Ooh, I like that. Well, I'm glad (laughs) of that because if you didn't have that, we'd be in serious trouble right now. (laughs) <laughs> well, Lester also directed a uh, a great film called The Bed-Sitting Room. Very, very British, uh, like end-of-the-world dystopian uh, uh, comedy. Very good. One thing to say about this, a good director is a good director. So, for example, Robert Weiss directed Day the Earth Stood Still, a classic film that fed some of the legends about flying saucer contactees. He did Star Trek The Motion Picture. But he also did The Sound of Music, a musical, a sci-fi drama, another sci-fi drama. And West Side Story, which he won the Oscar for. That's right. And The Body Snatchers with with Karloff and Lugosi, the last film they were in together. Ah, yes, Karloff and Lugosi. I remember that. I remember a line from it 
where one of them, and I think it was Boris Karloff, says, you'll never get rid of me, never get rid of me, never, never. Or, you'll never get rid No, I don't want to do that. Because I'm, <laughs> I sound like I'm channeling Bobby Pickett, not Boris Karloff. <laughs> I don't know why we're doing this. Oh, Men in Black. We'll go back to the Men in Black. And I have a thousand things to say because alone amongst this crowd... And three's a crowd. I am the only one who actually physically met Albert K. Bender. But let's bring up your observations. Brian Young, what's your take? Tim, Gene, thank you so much for having me back on. It's always a pleasure to come on. And uh, it's so funny because uh, on my little podcast, Tim was a guest recently where we were talking about Albert Bender. Uh, I've been going down an Albert rabbit hole lately. My impression of Albert Bender is he is beyond a fascinating figure because I, I find the stuff he did with the Max Steiner Society just as fascinating as his UFO, UFO stuff. But, as I'm sure most of your listeners are aware, for the ones who aren't, Albert K. Bender is responsible for the pop culture phenomenon we know of today as the Men in Black. Whether or not it's a true story, I don't know. That's up to for debate, but it's a fascinating one. Um, you know, he claims to have been visited by these mysterious people telling him to stop investigating UFOs. And you know what he did? He stopped investigating UFOs. So maybe there's something to it. What, 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 what's your take, Gene? You've met him. All right. Maybe a decade later, Albert Bender wrote a book called Flying Saucers and the Three Men. It was published by the person who made Bender famous. That was Gray Barker. Gray Barker made him famous in his book, probably the only serious book he ever wrote called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. So a decade later, Albert Bender has this book published by Barker heavily edited by Barker. He has a very distinctive writing style. Okay, he said that the three men in black were not government agents or private individuals. They were aliens from the planet Kayak. (laughs) And I'm lost on how this became immersed in what he brought up in his magazine and when he communicated to people saying that these people told him not to talk about what he knew about the flying saucers and he ended up being a contactee that was strange did you ever see that book brian i i have um and it it, it, that's the thing it's so strange that if people want to say bender had this legitimate experience and he described the men in black it doesn't fit with what most people assume men in black are today, either a shadowy government agency, maybe hybrids, maybe aliens, but always this stereotype. But yet Bender, there was nothing left to the imagination. He said, well, him or Barker said what they were. So there should be no debate about what they are if we're going to believe him. That's kind of where I have the problem with it. Well, the last issue of his magazine before this all happened said in so many words that he had kind of come to the truth or secret of the flying saucers 
And that's when the men in black came out of the blue, you know, out of the blue men in black, whatever, and told him, don't talk about it. But the thing is here, that would have meant that these men in black, whatever they were, aliens, government agents, were familiar with his magazine enough to know what he was talking about. Just saying, I know something, why would you then go to tell the person to shut up? Because that would just draw attention, don't you think? I, I would think. I also want to know where they learned to read English. just that's you know from some of the reports you hear about how awkward they are and how they don't seem to uh understand anything um they're 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 very awkward in their mannerisms and and their their speech patterns yet they knew enough to read this and locate they found his address and they went to him yeah there's a lot there it's a great story i love the story and i think bender's an incredibly fascinating guy but now now it's interesting here after he wrote that book and i saw him lecture on it and i talked to bender it was really interesting here at the time that the lecture was sponsored by my old friend jim mosley he had these monthly lectures in new york city bender comes he lectures he seems like a pleasant gentleman well presented but jim's ex-wife sandy suggested that Bender must have serious psychological problems. So they were analyzing his personality, having just met him, having heard him lecture about his encounters with the three men in black from the planet Kayak. Now, more observations I'll make about that, but let's get to our next segment. Brian Young is joining us, a friendly skeptic. My co-host is Tim. I'm Gene. It means... It means you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is 
is the best complete nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so I don't know how I could analyze somebody, even an experienced psychologist or psychiatrist, having heard one fairly logical presentation of a lecture, maybe the facts of the matter. But all this was so far out of left field from what we've heard about the man black before or since. Not that they might be aliens, but in a sense, Bender's experience was a singular event. He then moved with his wife to the West Coast where he got involved in this Max Steiner organization. So what do you think, Brian? I... I like you. I, I can't. I don't want to play armchair uh, psychiatrist, but I will because you know I'm here, and that's what we're we're here to do. Now, again, folks out there, I am not making any diagnosis. This is just my opinion on everything I've read about, read by, and seen about Albert Bender. To me, Albert Bender seems like someone who today would. 
be not labeled, but maybe said to be on the spectrum. Albert Bender seemed like a guy who would have these obsessions, and whenever he developed an obsession on something, it became all-encompassing. For instance, you hear about his house, how he loved monster movies, and all of a sudden his whole house was painted with pictures of monsters from the movies, and his his room was set up to look like a, like a monster movie set. And then he got into the UFOs, and he obsessively put out these UFO journals and books and the, the, you know, everything. His whole life was about that. And then he develops an interest in Max Steiner, and everything else goes out the window, and he just solely focuses on that to an extreme. That seems like the kind of personality this guy had. What you might say is some level of autism, which I think most people have. I mean, I think most people in the world are somewhere on the spectrum. But you could see the um, obsessive parts of his personality. Like when he got something in his head and that's all that seemed to matter at that point. All of a sudden, maybe they told him to give up the whole UFO thing, but he, he never, start, never talked about monsters or movies again. He just went into Max Steiner movies. So that that's the analysis I would give uh, of my opinion of how Bender was, having never met the man, having never, you know, been in the same room with him. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean I think he's necessarily making things up. I'm not saying he's not credible because he's on the spectrum. I'm just saying that I, I, I see him as someone who has an obsessive attention span. Well, he might be a dilettante and maybe... In the original Men in Black episode, he wanted an excuse to get out of the flying saucer business, so he came up with this Men in Black thing. On the other hand, if you look at Barker's book, other people had encountered similar individuals, so it wasn't unique to Bender. Had it been unique to Bender, then you'd think, well, maybe he made it up. Maybe he did anyway. As far as the book a decade or so later... Maybe people were clamoring for the truth, driving him nuts. And he said, okay, I've had enough of this. How about I just write this story and be done with it? Just suggesting. It could be that. It, uh, you know, claiming that, you know, these three people showed up at my place and said, you know, get off the trail or bad things will happen. It makes for a good excuse to why you vanished. So that's a possibility. Another possibility that, you know, we're kind of tiptoeing around is maybe Gray Barker had a lot more to do with this story than Albert Bender did. Well, Gray Barker, of course, was known to invent things. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to say that, but you did, so it's okay. Well, part of it is, I guess he became disinterested in just hearing the same old sightings every day. So we had to try to give it a little bit of sauce, a little bit of spice. And that may be part of it. That's why he and Jim Mosley, when they became friendly, would perpetrate hoaxes every so often. And Jim would tell me, well, I've got to keep up interest when interest in saucers wanes. Got to keep up the interest. So we throw out this little hoax. And then he was very serious. In fact, the very large majority of Mosley's writings were perfectly serious. He was a decent reporter. He was very careful about his information, but every so often, his other personality stepped in and did this other crazy stuff with Barker. Which I'm fine with. As as someone with a sense of humor and a little sense of mischief about me, that's the kind of thing I would do. However, 
I also think it's very harmful to the field. If you want a field to be taken seriously, whether it's cryptids, whether it's UFOs, whether it's anything, and you want to be a credible person who wants this to be taken seriously, you pull off one of these hoaxes to keep interest, it's going to grab every skeptic in the world like myself and say, you're just destroying your own argument. And it's going to make taking anything else seriously. That That's one of the things that you hear all the time in, in, in the cryptid world. People will go out and hoaxing things to make people start thinking it's credible to gain more interest. But then everyone sees it's a hoax and they're just like, yeah, okay. Same thing with the crop circle people. You know, you find a couple of the hoaxed ones and everyone writes off everything else. That's what he did. The puka side of me <laughs> enjoys it. But if I wanted to be taken seriously as a, as a researcher, I don't think I would uh, be very happy with him. Well, if you read Bender's book, I mean, it reads like bad science fiction. Very typical of the uh, pulp science fiction that was circulating in the 1950s. That the aliens had a secret base in Antarctica, and that they were here to mine some kind of special mineral. But then after they were done, they were supposed to leave, and that would be it for the uh, UFO mystery. Well, that didn't happen. I'm glad you brought up the pulp magazines. The original cover of the book itself looks just like the cover of one of the pulp magazines. I'm glad that in 2024, people are finally recognizing that art is something important because they were fantastic works of art. But it's almost like they market it as a pulp book. That's another thing. It's like, what audience are you going for here? Are you wanting to be taken seriously or are you trying to get the quote-unquote comic book readers? <laughs> well, the other thing is that... Um I don't know if there had been any previous experiences with Men in Black outside of Bender from, you know, his experience happened in, what, 1953, I think, something like that. I haven't found any similar accounts before Bender, with the exception of uh, some, like, individual uh, cases, especially having to do with, like, uh, the uh, some of the alchemists and uh, people along those lines, uh, even further back in time, being visited by people dressed in, like, black cloaks and hats and things, and that there to, rather than to stop them, were there to uh, uh, pass along, you know, mystical information and education. So, you know, Bender, I think, really was the first to come up with some kind of whatever you'd want to call it, paranormal, extraterrestrial silence group. And then it just, you know, it's like a wildfire. It just took off from there. More with Tim, Gene, and Brian, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, 
are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com USA News Update. New this hour, the United Nations fires 12 staffers for their alleged involvement in the October 7th terrorist attack in Israel. 1,200 Jewish people slaughtered at a music festival and area kibbutzes. Hamas still holding 130 Israelis and Americans hostage. In other news, former President Donald Trump ordered to pay E. Jean Carroll a whopping total of $83 million in damages for defaming her. The jury deliberated for three hours and came to a unanimous verdict. Taking a look now at USA Business Stories, the LA Times announcing a large wave of layoffs. The paper says it plans to cut roughly a quarter of its staff or about 115 people from the newsroom. These job cuts expected as the owners of California's largest daily paper say it's losing between 30 and $40 million a year. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. I need more time to file my taxes. Help! On IRS.gov, you can use IRS Free File to get six more months. Or you can submit IRS Form 4868 by the April deadline. If you owe taxes, you can make an electronic payment and get a filing extension with no need to submit Form 4868. Go to irs.gov for details. But remember, an extension of time to file is not an extension of time to pay what you owe. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
Tim, in the last segment of the show, you were talking about these various issues, the men in black before Bender, right? The the research that I've done over the years, I've I've yet to find any credible accounts of the men in black involved with the UFO phenomena uh, before uh, Bender's uh, case. Now, there there were cases even even further back where you had like uh, some of the uh, the early alchemists who were studying to. Uh, trying to discover the Philosopher's Stone, being visited by uh, strange individuals dressed, you know, like in black cloaks and black hats. But rather than being there to silence the alchemists, they were there to pass on, like, mystical knowledge to them. But when it comes to the UFO field, I mean, Bender seems to have been first with this type of silence group. But then... It took off. I mean, it was it was like a wildfire, or you know, now we would call it a meme, uh, similar to say like uh, uh, Slenderman or the Black Eyed Kids. But it obviously had a big influence because here we are, all these years later, still talking about it. Absolutely, um, part of that's marketing, part of mm-hmm. its name recognition. It's it's such a great name that rolls off the tongue, Men in Black. It just gives you an instant image. You know what it is without knowing what it is. That helped to sell it. As far as those older cases, you know, the research I've done in looking at it and trying to find these incidents of Men in Black in history, you're right. It's always with the um, the esoteric study, mm-hmm. the, the the alchemists. The secret teachings of all ages, and they get visited by these mysterious people in black cloaks, usually with a black carriage with some kind of crest on it that they can't recognize, and that's what we know. We don't know what is actually said. They claim, in some of their writings, they came and taught me this wisdom, but we don't know because there's no other witnesses to that other than them. To me... You know, you're talking about a time when the clergy kind of ran things with an iron fist. It kind of sounds like that's who's showing up saying, uh, you know, stop this kooky stuff. <laughs> you're, you're heretics. I don't know. I wasn't there. But that sounds more likely to me that that's what it was. And then they have to save face, not saying, oh, the church showed up and called me a heretic. And so they're like, no, 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 those guys that showed up at my house, they were friends trying to help me. Whatever. As far as the phenomenon taking off after Bender. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's totally there for the imagination and there for the taking. How could you not latch onto a story that good, that freaky, that scary, that it could happen to me too. It's just <laughs> wonderful. It's everything a good science fiction or horror story should have. And it's right there in it. If it's not true, it was created with great, great perfection for, for, for a genre. There had also been accusations that uh, uh, some of these men in black silencers uh, were actually uh, competing uh, UFO groups that were trying to get information and prevent the other groups from getting the same information. So they would swoop in after, you know, an incident, talk to the witnesses, I mean, dressed in suits and looking and acting mysterious, 
and then telling them don't don't talk about this to anybody else. Not that they, you know, were some kind of supernatural or extraterrestrial entities. They were just competitors and they didn't want anybody else. And we've seen this time and time again within the UFO community getting and hoarding information. You know, they don't want anybody else to uh, to have what they have. It also leads to the imagination of, you know, when people in your head, if you think, what does an FBI agent look like? It's mm-hmm. a guy in a black suit, the black hat, who's going to come and tell you you didn't see what you saw. So for people who are paranoid to begin with about the government and we're being watched and observed by the government, it leads perfectly into that conspiracy theory because that's obviously who it is. If you're down the conspiracy rabbit hole of believing that there's uh, this race of beings from another planet that don't want you messing in their business, it makes perfect sense that they would send it down. So men in black, it's so generic, but yet so descriptive that whatever kind of conspiracy rabbit hole you want to go down, you can fit it in there. You can pigeonhole it into anything. It's brilliant. I wish I thought of it. (laughs) Well, even before... Bender's experience with the uh, uh, three band who who appeared in a cloud of mist in his room, he was getting paranoid and thinking or, or actually seeing that he was being followed, being trailed. Uh, I, there was one incident I read, I guess, where he had gone to the movies and then ended up calling his uh, stepfather and saying that... Uh, um, he was he was coming home right away because he was being followed by somebody. So, you know, considering in the early days, uh, and you know, his group was I think the the first really major uh, UFO group in the United States. It wouldn't surprise me that there wasn't um, that the FBI wasn't interested in him uh, because don't forget around the same time you had the beginnings of the Cold War and uh, uh, everybody was uh, looking under their bed for uh, for communists. And you, you pointed out that he was the first of these you know UFO groups, but you neglected to mention that it became international. Yes. So he was dealing with overseas other countries which would also kind of freak you know might freak out an fbi that's terrified of the red scare what are you writing are they are this, is this code you're sending out secret messages to other countries you know who knows so it's conceivable or like the movie theater incident it was you know the 1950s Single men might think they were looking for other single men in theaters, and that's mm. who was constantly moving closer to sit next to him or follow him. Because, you know, I hate to say it, but that was a common way for men to meet other men then without, you know, publicly being open about it. Right. Who knows? Right. Well, I can I can see, though, J. Edgar Hoover, you know, sitting around in his boudoir at, uh, at night and his... Uh, 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 frilly nightgowns, reading over Bender stuff, and just just panicking over. Uh, like you said, is this code? Are are there you know uh, Soviet agents involved? So yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I I think that that aspect of it all is very plausible. Absolutely, you know. I mean, to this day, there are people that are convinced. Uh, people involved in groups like this are just you know, spies sending messages. And, 
you know, over the internet, they're they're signaling to other people about the government, and it's like, you know, no, it's people who you know like UFO stories. <laughs> Although, who knows? There could be some of that stuff. We don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say it's impossible, just not likely. Yeah, well, don't uh, don't forget that the. Um um, gosh, what was it? The Air Force uh, Office of in, in, in Special Intelligence used UFO uh, groups in order to try to draw in um, foreign agents that were here in the United States uh, to go to these, you know, like Air Force bases, uh, thinking that they were going to find secret uh, uh, air technology being tested and it was all just a honey trap using ufos isn't that funny that you can use a ufos as a honey trap mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i mean you know who knows what they're doing i mean the you know these ufos they're tricky never know what they're up to <laughs> we're going to be very tricky if we don't get these announcements taken care of we got Brian, we've got Gene, we've got Tim. It all means you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. 
These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Speaking of government involvement, obviously the FBI kept files on certain people in the UFO field. I believe they suspected, for example, George Adamski to have communist leanings. Of course, in the 50s, everybody was a communist unless you can prove otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, sadly. Uh, the government, you, you got to remember, it wasn't just UFO people, like you said. Everybody w- was a communist. If McCarthy just, you know, had a weird itch that day, you were a communist. Hmm. You know, J. Edgar Hoover kept records on Charlie Chaplin for being a communist and, and, you know, it's paranoia is the destroyer as Ray Davies once said, you know, I mean, but Bender kind of fed into that paranoia or was it Barker that fed into that paranoia, knowing that their audience probably was already paranoid to begin with about things and now i'm going to twist that a little bit i'm going to twist that knife a little bit now there's these shadowy figures that are coming to get you like i said it's great well the stock and trade of course in the ufo field among some researchers is that the government is keeping it a secret there's a silence group within the u.s government said major donald kehoe so Once you envision right or wrong that there's a silence group, you have to think, well, therefore, there are silencers. And it's only one step from silencers to become a strange group of people who dress weirdly, drive black Cadillacs, and wear black suits. Not that it isn't true, but it feeds that. It absolutely feeds it, and it fed it to the point where 
after Bender's incident, you started hearing about people in England being visited by men in black and people in Australia being visited by men in black. And they all fit the same description no matter what country it's in. So is it one world government doing this that's covering up the UFOs? Or is it aliens because they can get everywhere in the world and do this? Is it the same men in black that showed up at Bender's house that showed up in Australia to talk to people? It's just it's an endless loop because it's one of those great mysteries that we'll never know. It's constantly exciting. It's constantly changing yet staying the same. And it's 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 fascinating. How can you not be at least interested in it from maybe a comedic standpoint? You're finding it funny to read these stories, but you're still reading them. You're paranoid, but you're still reading them. You're genuinely interested, but you're still reading them. But again, it just goes to... It almost is too good to be true. It, it's one of those things. It's it's almost too perfect a scenario to make it a phenomenon. Does that make sense? <laughs> but to me, you know, it's it's interesting. Also, in a like a, and I hate to use this word because uh, uh, people interpret it wrong. In a uh, a folklore type of tradition i mean it 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 really does have all of the bullet points of a good folklore and uh, uh but that doesn't mean that it's all made up you know you know, you know uh, real folklores generally are always based on some kind of truth uh, which which helps them get spread around uh however then you have other aspects that get glommed on to those stories that uh, gives it an even uh, wider appeal and then keeps it going for decades. And the outfit alone is perfect for this because it's the one style of suit that hasn't changed in all this time. Hmm. That cut and style of suit is as fashionable today as it was in 1950, as it was in 1970. For some reason, a standard plain black suit with a white shirt and a black tie doesn't change. Everything else changes. It's not like the men in black were showing up in the 70s with frilly shirts and big collars. You know, nothing changed. It's just that typical standard suit, which is funny when I love reading the stories when people say their clothes seem outdated. It's like, how is a black suit outdated? <laughs> it's a black suit. You know, it's funny that you should say that, though, because I read an account this just this week, and uh, this took place, uh, uh, He's uh, the, the, the person who wrote this, in the, I think it was, uh, he said, the late 70s. And uh, wasn't a UFO witness or anything like that. Just you know, him and his cousin were outside of a convenience store and uh, saw this uh, the traditional men in black type of uh, uh, of big uh, sedan type of car. And he said that when the driver got out, he was dressed like what you would think of the traditional men in black. You know, black suit, black tie, dark sunglasses. But then when the passengers got out, one of the passengers was wearing what we would now call like maybe cargo shorts, except that they were black and the shirt was black. And then the next person got out and they were dressed like in a tennis outfit, but again, all in black. So here you had all these different 
uh, uh, styles of, of clothes, but still all in black. I have black cargo shorts, and I, I don't <laughs> have black tennis shorts now. Uh, in the 70s, though? That in was, the that 70s? Was, yeah, that was the thing that, you know, later on, this guy, you know, uh, he got to be thinking about it years later. And he's like, you know, I think that's the first time I'd ever seen cargo shorts, but I'd never seen cargo shorts that were black and during that time period. And apparently cargo shorts are not something that stays in style universally because <laughs> I, I have a 16-year-old niece who yells at me when Uncle Brian is wearing cargo <laughs> shorts because that's so 10 years ago, Uncle Brian. So, you know, take that. I thought they were, I think they're cool. But um, I got to give a shout out to my, to uh, my friend Terry Sullivan. For, for anybody out there who are wrestling fans, Terry Sullivan was the voice in the face of Detroit big time wrestling in the 70s. And whenever I talk to him, I still make fun of him. Like, hey, Terry, you still got your perm and your frilly shirts and your giant bow ties? And his answer is always, it was the 70s, man. <laughs> so that you know you don't hear those descriptions you don't the men in black came and when he took his hat off he had a disco perm and a giant bow tie oh all the visits are just the standard black suit i do remember an account though and and again this is i'm just pulling this out out of out of my memory, and uh, uh, I have no idea now where I remember reading it from, where somebody was uh, 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 approached after they had had a, uh, a UFO experience by uh, somebody dressed very oddly, came to their door, and uh, they said that they were dressed like a, a hippie, that they had, like, even though... Um, uh, they had like I guess red hair. It was in a very big frizzy afro with uh, round sunglasses and then a very brightly bright colored uh, shirts and pants. But the person played the same role. You know, uh, uh, came to the door uh, under the pretense of say like selling encyclopedias or uh, offering to uh, uh, take uh, pictures of the house or something like that. But then it. Then ended up not wanting to talk about any of that stuff, but instead wanted to talk about their UFO sightings. Uh, and then leaving by saying, you know, something along the lines of, you know, uh, most people uh, uh, find out that they live a better life if they don't talk about their UFO experiences. Just, you know, like thinly veiled type of threats. <laughs> I, uh, I'm hoping... Someone didn't mistake that for me, because throughout the 80s, 90s, and most of the 2000s, I had a giant orange afro, and uh, but longer, and wore little round glasses. So, But I never wore brightly colored clothes. And I never went door-to-door -door selling anything or asking about UFOs. Nope, so I guess it wasn't me. I just had cool hair. <laughs> but, you know, that just, that just goes to show you, though, even though the Three Men in Black is the tradition, really, after a certain point of time, you don't see that as often. Instead, it becomes uh, individuals or maybe pairs and not always men. You know, sometimes uh, uh, there were uh, women involved. And it also went beyond the UFO phenomenon. There were people who were researching the Kennedy assassination 
that were visited by strange individuals that told them to knock it off. Exactly. See what I said? Whatever rabbit hole you want to go down of a conspiracy theory, the men in black fit. Well, then we have to look at the reality of such things, which is something we could begin to explore in our next segment. But for the time being, Brian Young joins us. He's also a kind of a boxing guy, or wrestling guy, obviously, too. We have Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com.